At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We stay the course. We are dead. We are all dead. We're supposed to make the world a better place. What happened? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! I know Kung Fu. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! This whole thing is insane! This whole thing is insane! 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all men with power want? More power. This is now the United States of zombie land. This whole thing is insane! Man is even capable of nothing but destruction! Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? It's such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy hair season. Welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it just is. It just is. Welcome to the audio version of AB Live, episode 50. Raw, uncensored, and unfiltered, just like the truth you've been looking for across all your existences. Supercharged by stellar audience participation. We were joined by Reverend Michael Carter, author of several books including Alien Scriptures and God Consciousness. He explained if the message from present-day star visitors to contactees hold a key to unlocking spatial potential. Is there a shared singular tradition of extraterrestrial involvement in human affairs that could foster peace and prosperity for all of humanity? Have astral entities from the beginning of civilization attempted to teach us the secrets of the cosmos? Get ready to find out. As a bonus for patrons and AB Prime members, I'll include our interview with Diana Pasulka, author of the best-selling American Cosmic. Like Michael, she gets into the spiritual union, social, political, and philosophical aspects of aliens and their shenanigans. Perfect compliment, and you won't want to miss it. I'm so grateful to those of you who support this Red Pill Cafeteria, and I hope I have been a good servant of Sophia to you. Your support and company keeps me going. Don't forget the Finding Hermes program and my voiceover availability. 
Whether it's an audiobook, commercial, podcast, or an audio broadcast to another planet, I can bring starry results to your project. April and May bring a springtime of awesome heresy. Our astral guests will include Richard Smoley, Stephen Flowers, Bernardo Castro, Rodney Asher, director of A Glitch in the Matrix, and more. Expect a lot of Jung and other cool topics. We need Gnosis more than ever, needless to say. You won't find this high-quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom or guess and their unique insights anywhere else in cyberspace or even meat space. But enough of my short drivel. Let us do our latest AB Live with Michael Carter. To them, Earth is like an unlit button on the intergalactic switchboard. It's out of contact, it's lost in the dark. And now it's like an emergency 911 call has finally gotten through. But gotten through to who? Aliens or God? <laughs> That's a tough question. Maybe the answer is both. Maybe it's the God of the Old Testament, the God who spoke to Abraham and Moses. Maybe he was an alien. Two kidding around, but an advanced life form would seem like God to an ancient tribe of nomads. Nomads wandering in the desert? Because the transmission's clear? I think Velas has always been there. Ready to help mankind, inspiring all the great prophets. Moses, Confucius, Suda. Jesus, maybe even some of the poets like William Blake. And now you, the next avatar, second coming. Welcome everybody, welcome to the desert of the real, to AB Live. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's uh, yeah, it's Monday night, it's kind of unusual. But here we are, as always, and I was thinking of uh, the lyrics to Woodstock today by Joni, Joni Mitchell. Uh, they go, we are stardust, we are golden, and we've got to get ourselves back to the garden. And it's an, it made sense. And tonight, we are very happy to have back at the virtual Alexandria, the Reverend Michael Carter. Michael, how are you? Thank you okay, for coming Miguel. back. Okay, Miguel. Thanks for having me, man. I was looking looking forward to this today. Oh, yes, me too. Uh, as we were talking before, the times have really changed uh, since our Ooh. last conversation <laughs> in every way possible. And I'm, uh, I'm just like, I didn't think wow. this would ever happen. Uh, but they did, and in a way, I'm kind of glad because this is a uh, weird times, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, these are times like you read about or you see on TV or something, some like uh, dystopian <laughs> kind of future. I mean, I'm thinking, man, I got to have a passport, man, to show that I got a <laughs> vaccine. I'm like, wow, is this real? But unfortunately, it's very real. Uh you know, I, 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 yeah, these are times, these are times. And, and it's, it's, but in some ways, <clears throat> not for everybody, pardon me, 
but it's made us start to think about what really matters. What's uh, who and what is, uh, what's the word they use? Oh, I forgot. Uh, essential. Mm. What a word. Uh, now we have to find you're essential. You're not so essential. But now <laughs> it's things we took for granted. I, I talked to a couple of friends of mine and they were talking about, I can't wait to be able to hug my grandchild or, you know, things we just kind of took for granted. Now it's like we missed them. Uh, so maybe there's some lessons in that. There always are. And uh, for the audience, I see you already going into the chat room. Uh, believe it or not, Vance, the Moondog, our producer, will be here. Uh, he's getting off of work, and I just sent him to link the link. I completely forgot to send our producer the link to this show. I hope he forgives me. But we will definitely get to your questions, as always, in the chat room for Facebook and YouTube. Please put a lot of question marks or in all caps, and then we will forward these to Michael. And uh, if you have any super chats, of course, that always helps to support and uh, these alternative platforms, although they're not so alternative. I was thinking today, Michael, there was a, uh, a story in the news how for the first time ever, less than 50% of Americans are going to church. Christianity is sort yeah. of... Taken it, and we've talked. We talked about our last show. The 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 old mythology is not working. We talked about yes. Yahweh and you know the brought and you know the killing of the you know the oldest kids of the Egyptians. All that stuff. We need something new. At the same time, since you and I last talked, the idea of ufology and extraterrestrials is no longer fringe. It's no longer you see yes. late at night in the History Channel or in a conference. The government's admitting it. Corporations <laughs> are admitting it. It's no longer a cult, but it seems to be a rising, so dare I say, religion. It's a Christianity is going one way. You have followed, the stars are going another. Are you surprised how things have just changed in the well, last six years? You know, uh, yes and no. You know, I, the old way wasn't working. And so what what I what I, I, I think is happening, and I'm sure you've thought through this, at least with ufology, and I don't look at it as a religion, but it is the blending of science and religion. For so long, they've been like two distant cousins who don't speak <laughs> to each other. Right. And so what we're learning is that you got to have both. You've got, now I don't, I, and I mean religion in its best sense. I'm not talking about, you don't believe what I believe, so let's beat you up, nail you to a tree, uh, cut your head off. I'm not talking right. about that, but it's okay to have a reverence for life and whatever that would be. But we need both. And one thing that ufology uh, uh, brings is that you have these beings, certainly not all, who do have some type of spirituality, some knowledge of their presence in the universe, and they have the technology to travel in their starships or what have you. And I think this is more uh, of where we're, we're, we're going to head. Einstein predicted it that the religion of the future would be more, it wouldn't be this personal God. It would be more about our place in the universe and, and that con the consciousness has changed. Yes, indeed. Uh, exciting times and an interesting pivot. And with us, we've got the moondog Vance. Vance, I did confess to, to the audience. I forgot to send you the link. 
while you were yeah. getting off work. So I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. I'm uh, slowly getting here. Yes, yes. Getting off work on a Monday, starting well, out the week hard. <laughs> oh, God. I'm glad you made it, Vance. Happy Monday. Oh, thanks. Uh, and uh, glad to meet you, Reverend Carter. Um, it's my pleasure. Awesome. Well, the audience knows about the questions. There's a few questions, but I was, uh, my first question, I was reading your book uh, this weekend, Michael, A New World, If You Can Take It. And it starts out with this really cool quote from Ghana. And the quote uh, says, it is not taboo to go back and fetch what you forgot. Yeah. Tell us more about that. So I love that quote. Yeah, well, there's there's a word I'm looking at. It. It's called Sankofa. Yeah, I see. It. And yeah, and and it and it's a what is it? A bird or it's 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 a bird. Something going forward, but looking backwards. And yeah, one doesn't want to get stuck in the past by any stretch of the imagination. But basically, what it's saying is we can learn from our past, and you know, periodically we need to look back to glean those lessons as we move forward. Um, if not, you wind up in a world like we have now, <laughs> where <laughs> we seem to be making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And that's because we have amnesia. And so I thought that was just interesting. Yes, uh, Sankofu, and it's a, it's a bird looking backwards. It's an old... Uh, it's an old, uh, yeah, Ghanaian word from the language of Akan. And it just re literally means looking forward, but going back to reclaim the past. Yes, indeed. And for the audience, uh, Michael has, has written a lot of books beyond this about uh, the uh, extraterrestrial appearances in the Bible, beyond that, books on consciousness and so forth. And so forth. And then I'm also thinking too, Michael, in our last interview, well, there were strange times. I remember we talked about uh, the issue in Syria, and that's gone to shit. And then Woo! we also yeah. talked about uh, Trayvon Martin. That issue has gone yeah. out of control. So it's almost, but you were very hopeful. Um, are you still hopeful? I myself I am not so hopeful. Well, well, I don't think I was then, but. Well, you know, Miguel, I, I, I'm only speaking for me. I can't afford not to be. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I have a 15 year old, uh, a daughter, and and I think that if you're not hopeful, in some ways, you can be part of of the problem. And I'm not talking about this Pollyanna. Oh, the Lord's going to take care of it, or it'll all work out. No, we have our part to do. But we were talking about before the show. We touched on how this virus has taken lives as viruses do, has gotten people sick. I've had some family members ill from it. But but again, it's made us change our priorities. So our consciousness has shifted where we're saying the way that we used to live. Now, not everybody. You're never going to get everybody. But talking about what's essential. I mean, I was living here. I remember that bars could be open. Restaurant bars, but schools couldn't be. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm open-minded, <laughs> but I'm just trying to, you know. And yes, mistakes were made and that kind of thing. But um, 
I, I am hopeful. It doesn't mean we will blow ourselves up, but I'm seeing people, people are changing. You're seeing it all over the world. People are saying you're not going to uh, keep your foot on our necks, whether it's in Miramar, whether it's in Italy, whether it's in South America. There's this consciousness saying that the world can't keep going on the way it is. And we've got to do something before it's too late. And I think that's very hopeful. Is it messy? Of course. Uh, if you live in if you live in a democratic nation, democracy's messy, as we know, and you got to be vigilant with it. But I, I, I am hopeful, and in some ways, they're exciting times to be alive. You and I talk openly about UFOs, about religion. I mean, you know, uh, before we'd have been left laughed off the air yeah indeed uh i don't know what to make of it i mean i would say what's your advice for humanity or when you go to church and you talk to your to the flock if you would i mean right. you, you know, i like to i guess tell people look look inward and look to the stars that's my advice what's your that's advice it. to people because i'm sure that, that, that. a lot of people are i'm sure in 2020 a lot of people you know were scared they were they're scared uncertainty yes. they don't financial emotional health they're going what can well, we do well what what i try to do and because you know any good minister if he or she whatever she's preaching to the congregation is a lesson they have to learn themselves. And I do say, try to put this in a perspective. This is not the first pandemic that we've had. It's not the first that we've had. And people didn't have Zoom and they didn't have YouTube and they didn't have, you know. And the second thing is that don't worry about what your neighbor's doing. You have to find your own moral compass. So it's the inner journey. And so there's a lot of noise out here. We live in celebrity culture. You know, there's a lot of noise and, and it's easy to get distracted. But however one does it, whether it's religion, whether you're a mystic, it's nature, whether it's all of the, whether you read poetry, philosophy, you've got to be able to tap in to what's going to keep you sane. But don't worry about what your neighbor's doing because you're not responsible for that. And a lot of times we, we, we look at our neighbor because we don't want to look at ourselves. And so I say you have to, to start your inward journey because this is just the beginning. You know, there, there'll be more pandemics. There'll be more wars and rumors of wars. But if you have some type of inner life, whether it's Gnosticism, whatever it is, you won't be swayed like a bottle in the ocean by every new thing that comes along. And that's really all you can do. The Buddhists were right. You don't worry about things you can't control. Yeah, good advice indeed. And uh, also when we last talked, I remember you talking about you had, uh, for the record and for the audience who might not know, you yourself had a visitor experience, I believe you said December 1989. So you've had more than one. Oh, I, yeah. When I wrote the book, uh, Extraterrestrials in the Holy Bible, I didn't put half of them in. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but that's the first one that I saw a being in my room. I mean, I went to a psychiatrist, brother. I mean, my, uh, I would, they, you know, I think I told you because uh, they kept coming and I was having uh, I was losing. I wasn't sleeping. I was scared to turn the light out at night. It was a mess. 
but yeah, December 28, 1989, coming back from uh, Cancun, I went to the uh, pyramids in Chichen Itza and Tulum. And at that time, uh, you, you know, please don't laugh, folks. I, you know, I, and I, I'm glad now I never looked at Star Trek. Uh, I never was inside. I didn't believe in UFOs. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that th I had that, even though I was ignorant at the time. I'm glad I had that because people would say, oh, you, you saw that on TV. Oh, you read that. No. As a matter of fact, I started watching science fiction, uh, Star Trek, probably about three years ago, four years ago. Mm -hmm. I'm 63 uh, years old. So, so, yeah. But that's what got me... Uh, thinking about religion. I'm not a nuts and bolts person. I don't care about propulsion systems. And uh, I, I'm just not, that's not the way I'm wired. I'm more wired to, well, what's the spiritual impact of that? How am I going to act now? How, how do you, how do I deal with my fellow human beings after that? So that's where it took me. And a, a lot of therapy. Uh, and, uh, you know, having these visits, and it made me look at my life. They were very frightening, not because they did anything really bad, but to, you know, to open your eyes in the middle of the night and have someone standing over you around. I mean, that gets your attention. But when I started looking at my life, I started looking at how I've grown. And, I, and the fear I had with them, I started thinking, where else in your life, Michael, do you let fear get in the way, whether it's my personal relationships, whether it was my interpersonal relationships, where, you know, and so it was like they took me to school in a way, not telling me what to do with my life, but just letting me know that I could be more because at that time I was just sexing and drugging and rock and rolling. I was an actor in New York. Mm. Uh, you know, it, you know, it was a very different existence. Yeah, do you know why they chose you if just one? I've had two experiences that I've shared on the show, but it was more of the lights in the sky, and I've double-checked, and I yeah. wasn't the only one that saw it. He was either, as I've told the audience, he was either extraterrestrials or some sort of advanced uh, military stuff that I witnessed in Europe. Yeah. Again, I was with uh, many people, and many people around this mountain saw the same phenomena. It was yeah. incredible. I've never had a personal one of these beings visit me, but why do you yeah. think they visited you or why do they visit certain people? Well, you know, that's 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 the $100,000 question, isn't it? I don't know. Okay. I don't know why they visited me. I, I, I think I know, have some uh, uh, an idea now. A, a very dear friend of mine who was a very gifted psychic uh, was telling me about them visiting me and I had never mentioned it to him at all. And he said that at birth, I, there was uh, like a contract mm -hmm. that I had signed or agreed to that in this life. It may have been even some karmic stuff where um, – Oh, many, many centuries ago or many moons ago where people like me were being persecuted for talking about the stuff that you and I are talking about. And I was one of those people. So turnabout's fair play. I What, reson what resonates more with me is that um, 
that it was something I chose. That's why I don't use the word abduction. I don't feel I was abducted. I, I feel that they helped me and they expedited my spiritual growth. Now, I, 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 I'm not like Brother Stephen Greer, uh, who I respect. I don't think that everyone from who comes here is about kubaya. There are just like there are people who are mischievous and malevolent, and uh, there, there, there are other energies out there like that. I've been fortunate enough that the beings who have come to visit me have been a little more uh, enlightened, for lack of a better word. But I still wound up going, you know, when it first started happening, I was in a support group uh, in New York. I, you know, I went to uh, Bud Hopkins, the late Bud Hopkins. Bud and I were friendly. We disagreed on the reason of phenomena, but he had, uh, you know, he had hypnotized me. Uh, Dr. Gene Mundy, another uh, gifted uh, therapist and uh, hypnotherapist, uh, she was the first one who let me know that I really wasn't crazy. So, you know, I was just very fortunate. Oh, yeah. These things will make you question your very oh, sanity, I, your man, very reality. I, it's hard to take. I mean, uh, oh, even when I look at stories in the Bible, I go, God, poor Moses or Muhammad or Paul. They must have been like, it, they don't talk about it, but you know. Visiting this sort of higher intelligence has got to put stress on your mind, your body, everything. Well, yeah, and, and your life is going to be at stake because these prophets, you know, the king, if you were a prophet, Miguel, and I'm a king, you know, I get tired of seeing you telling me what I'm doing wrong, you know? And so sometimes you didn't live a long and happy life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but you had to do it. I mean, you did, you did what you had to do. But yeah, so it's interesting um, because uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, no, a couple months ago, I was in L.A. I did a, a, an episode for Ancient Aliens with William Shatner called Ancient Aliens Meets with, and, and William Shatner is not, well, he was not, he's not a UFO person. Mm. And, and it always amazes me, like when Charlton Heston played Moses, you know, and he was a guy who was an atheist. And and he's doing you know he's doing justice to this role as Shatner is. But we talked. It was uh, a lot of folk on the show, and he started to open up a little bit. But the point I'm trying to make is is that now, uh, you know, it's mainstream. Like we were talking before, whether it's ancient aliens or UFOs, the hidden evidence. Like you said, the government is talking about it. UFO files are being released to a degree. Uh, and so in some ways we're making giant strides. I mean, humanity, evolution is glacial. What I, what, what concerns me, and again, forgive me, I have hay fever, is that do we have the wisdom to go along with all this technology? You know, I mean, we have, uh, I mean, if you look just the beginning of the century, you know, with air, air flights, you know, uh, and here we have supersonic things. We have stealth bombers. We have all this. And all that technology, we make war. We make uh, uh, things for war. But we could be using it for other means. And so we, we're going to wind up being a slave to the technology if we aren't already. Or we could do maybe 
an Atlantis reboot and we just destroy ourselves. I mean, these are all possibilities. Yes, very much. I, I have a friend, Chris Knowles, and he has a great series called Lucifer Technologies, and he shows a graph of technology throughout history. And of course, you know, you've got uh, rocks, caves, caves, then suddenly the Sumerians and they just, just shoots up and then yeah. it's putt, putt, putt. And then around uh, Roswell, early 50s, it seems all our technology, all our breakthroughs in the century happened then. And we just shot up yep. and now we're sort of putt, putt. And it definitely makes you wonder. I think uh, in your book, you talk about Philip Corzo and Vance. You, you've you uh, been interested in his work, right? Yeah, I read The uh, the Day After Roswell. and Yes. I've heard him on Art Bell, you know, in the old days when Art was still alive. Uh, I, it was a surprise to me, just found out today about his uh, alleged encounter with the EBE, um, which, you know, you based the title of your book on. So that that kind of interested me. Oh, yeah, the extraterrestrial biological entity. Yeah, uh, entity, yeah. And, and he meets him in the desert, and, and, and the star brother goes, look, you know, just give me a head start. I'll be out of your hair. And... Uh, <laughs> And so basically, Brother Corso says, Lieutenant, what, what's, in it, what, what's in it for me? And the, the EB says, a new world, if you can take it. And we are in that new world. The point is, can we survive it? Can we survive it? Can our, can our spiritual, and I don't mean that in any woo-woo way, if you don't like that word, your inner life, uh, can we cultivate that and, 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 ex, and, and ex, excavate that and navigate that so that we have the maturity to use the technology that we have? And this is, this is the question. This is the question. Uh, uh, because the technology without the spiritual maturity, it's like giving a gun to a baby. There's a deeper question, which is, who is, quote, we, unquote, because that's the, that, that gets into governments and, and the structure of power and control. And, and, you know, because you and I, everybody is probably listening to this, you know, video casts probably, um, you know, not the problem entirely. It's the people that make all the decisions at the top on our behalf, maybe, and, and so forth, and maybe we'd make the same decisions. But once they get up there, to get hooked into this information network that tells them and winds up with having them make the decisions they're making. So it, I think the system that mankind has evolved and created is really a larger part of the problem. The individuals, we can nudge it from chaos theory, but how can we, how can we transform that system? Of government, I well, I, I think if we do, I guess you make a good point that we all have the Nobel Prize. I don't divorce myself from. I'm just. I'm part of the system, and I think part of the problem is when people say it's not me, it's the system. Well, who makes the system? We're all <laughs> part of it. Nobody's nobody's innocent here. And so, uh, when we were talking before, for me, I I, I can't control. 9 billion people. But what I can do is try to love somebody. What I can do is live the principles and pass them on to my daughter and what have you and not get caught up 
It may it may be like a drop in the, in the ocean, but it makes a ripple, as cliche as that sounds. And then when I do leave on and go to another body or wherever I go, I can look back and say, you know what? I left my part of the garden a little better than I found it. What 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 we do in the West especially is we get caught up in the outcome. Some of the changes that I'm working for, I may not live to see, but I can also say some of the changes my ancestors, I'm not just talking about being a man of color, my human ancestors, I've seen so many changes uh, 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 now. And I know that I stand on the shoulders of people who maybe did not think I'm not going to see what Michael's seeing, and here we are. But what I don't do uh, is I can't divorce myself. Well, it's really not me. It's really them. We're all in it together. Nobody's innocent. Nobody's but innocent. At, but look at the media. I mean, there's. I don't think it's a matter of innocent or guilty. I, I think it's a matter of the what will actually make the difference. I mean, when we're busy arguing about Dr. Seuss and Captain Underwear, I don't know. <laughs> Underpants. Oh my my kids that, love that under, show. Oh I love that Lord. show. Well, it's going. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you heard about that, but yeah, that's I did. I did. I did. I did. I did, Vance. It's it's disgraceful in some ways, but it's funny. But no, no, I no. Let me rephrase. I no. I'm not talking about. Well, I'm gonna blame. What I'm talking about is this. I look back, as I'm sure you and Miguel do. I look back at the spiritual giants that each age creates. And they lived in their own chaos. Jesus lived during the Roman Empire. The Buddha lived in India during, you know, it was a mess. It was a hot mess. And I'm saying they couldn't change the world in their, uh, you know, they lived in their own sort of chaos. But, but they didn't say, I got to fix all this. All they said was, here are some suggestions. Here is some wisdom, whether we say we got it otherworldly or whatever that can help you keep your peace of mind, keep you connected to something or someone greater than yourself, and to live a somewhat good life, a happy life. So I, you know, I'm just saying these spiritual giants, men and women, they I'm I'm just living in a different time, but it was still the basic moral and spiritual quandary. And so all I'm trying to do, I get up and for most of the day, I try to treat people the way they want to be treated. Not the way I want to be treated, because that's the, that's the golden rule. There's a platinum rule. How do you want to be treated? And I do that by asking them that. And that's good enough. You know? I can't agree with that. No, that, that's fine. Yeah, um, because we still I, may die. We're going we're gonna to blow ourselves up, maybe. We may not be able to fix it, but you can say you help somebody along the way. That's really all you're responsible for when it comes down to it. I don't care what religion. Really, it's about how my relationship with the cosmos and my place in it and the planet and my fellow sentient beings. Because I'll go crazy. You can't fix this. You know, it's nine billion people here. We're never all going to be on the same page at the same time. It's just not possible. I didn't know we hit nine billion. Jesus. Uh, yeah, I love what you said, Michael. And this reminds me of uh, 
there's a documentary and I don't know who said it. It was a thinker, but uh, for the documentary is can't get you out of my head. And the quote is the ultimate hidden truth of the world is that it is something we make and could just as easily make differently. And yeah. I think it's a powerful quote. I, I think you're right. The golden rule is very important. I don't use it enough. I should just wake up and meditate on it to start my day. I, I um, As I tell people, I wake up, I get on my knees, I try to do some prayers, I'm going to be yeah. a service to the divine, try to start the day right, as imperfect as I am. But I think an important message, as you said, loving each other, but I think it's important to tell everybody, as Jesus says in the Gospel of John, ye are all gods. In other words, we all have purpose. We all have a greater meaning, a destiny that will make the universe itself better. And I think that's an important message, I feel, because, yeah, people may feel hopeless, but they also feel like meaningless. Like, what am I doing here? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so because it can be so overwhelming, but at least, and maybe it's oversimplistic. It works for me that I'm responsible for this part of the garden. And as long as I leave it a little better than the way I found it, then I've, 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 I've accomplished something because how else do you, I mean, these avatars and saints we were talking about, they had to deal with the same thing. How do you live an empire? How do you, because we live an empire, as Jesus did, uh, as Buddha did. Uh, 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 how do you maintain your own sense of dignity and the sense of dignity of your fellow human beings, even when you can't stand them sometimes? And so those truths you can draw on. Whether they were five, what was true five thousand years ago will be true now. Will be true five thousand years from now. A, what goes around comes around. What I put out comes back to me. That's going to be true no matter what. Now, maybe in another galaxy, there's a different set of rules, but what I put out comes back to me. Awesome. And Vance, do you have a question or any questions from the audience? I have one question here. Um, um, Oswald Spengler wants to know if um, uh, you're a Baptist minister, Reverend Carter, or or um, what denomination are you associated with? Okay. No, I was raised Baptist. I'm a Unitarian Universalist and probably a little more outside of that as well. My, my, my personal journey is more mystical for all the obvious reasons, but it always was. But as all denominations are imperfect, the one that I, I resonate with um, is Unitarian Universalism. Great. Very good. Thanks. Thank you. I haven't seen any other questions yet. A lot of interesting uh, conversations sparking in the chat room. Yeah. <laughs> so our, oh, here's yeah. our thoughts, actions. Let's see. That's one of the questions. I'm, that's kind of, that may have been a personal question from one person to another. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, yeah, I, I don't see any right now. Anybody uh, have a question? Oh, are you familiar with the Louisiana State Professor Stephen Finley? Oswald wants to know. No, I'm not. Okay. 
does work on UFOs and the Nation of Islam. I know, was it Elijah Muhammad, one of the leaders of the Nation of Islam, was yeah, a they big have a UFO, UFO guy? Yeah. Oh, they do already. Okay, yeah. I thought it was just Elijah Muhammad. I didn't know it was the part of their theology. Yeah, yeah and Malcolm. And yeah, they, he has uh, the Nation of Islam. I forget the, what the professor's name, but he's... Um, Anyway, obviously, there's race involved where uh, uh, there's a judgment, and uh, I, I can't get into it, but they I was a little surprised, but I knew it years ago, that Elijah Muhammad and the Nation of Islam, they have a mother, they talk about the mothership and, and these types of things. And they're be, uh, so they're able to connect it to the Quran. I mean, I, oh yeah, listen, I mean, I, the Bible, you and I talk. Yeah, it is. is what, a, well, it one, is of the books, extra. one of the books that I listed in my bibliography is UFOs in the Quran. Uh, I just bought a book. Uh, it was a quick read, 90 some pages uh, called UFOs in the Baha'i Faith. Mm, now, they're cool. basically saying the same thing. But uh, here you have this knowledge and. You know, who knew? The Baha'is are saying, yeah, we got them in our religion, too. So it's, it's interesting times we live in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, because obviously the Bible has been pruned or to parallel extraterrestrial visitors, other otherworldly visitors. Yeah. Uh, obviously, as you write, when you read the Gnostic Gospels and what the church fathers wrote, these are like star maps. I mean, they're saying, go to Draco, go to this solar system. Yes. I mean, they're not even, the Gnostics weren't even hiding. And even today, the Mandeans and the Yesidi are very much about astrology and flights and all that. So yes. this stuff was definitely around in ancient times. And I mean, the book of Revelation is one big star map, don't you think? Well, that, the book of Enoch? Of course. Uh, the Book of Jubilees. Uh, yeah, I, what, what's interesting is that not you know you st we still don't have, at least to my mind, we don't have enough clergy talking about it. We don't have enough clergy talking about it. I mean, even on Ancient Aliens, um, Giorgio may get into it. I mean, he doesn't have a degree in theology, not that you have to, but you know, there's other people. I mean, I, I've been on uh, Rabbi Ariel is on uh but you don't see another a lot of clergy talking about <clears throat> what 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 this what's the significance of this uh if there's life on other but the vatican does talk about it to a degree uh but you know more in depth not unless they're doing it in secret at the un or something that uh <laughs> in, in the evenings no, uh, no. But, but uh yeah because it's definitely going to affect people's theological, religious, and spiritual beliefs. There are a lot of theories out there about that, about how why NASA names all their things after, you know, uh, constellations. Yes. Yeah, but but e even deeper than that, I mean, obviously, since NASA's concerned with the stars, they might do that. But there's still, um, you know, Richard Hoagland used to talk about that and a lot of other people to talk about the uh, deep connections and coincidences and astrological things that people in NASA do. I don't know, you know, how, how true it is. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think what, what has to be stated, too, though, is that NASA is a military organization. 
NASA is 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 put by the military, and so we got to keep that in mind. And so, um, you know, a lot of stuff they give us is cover uh, uh, for what you know. Who knows what they're doing up there? Oh, we're just going up to get some rocks, and uh, we're going to see if there's some water there. And I mean, they've been looking for water on Mars since I was a kid. I know you found the water. Well, what else are you doing? It kind of looks like the Nevada landscape or Greenland, very strangely. I don't know. What do they yeah. say about NASA? Never a straight answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's a military organization. Let's be clear. <laughs> well, it's a fuzzy line. It's not entirely military. There are some scientific explorations and so forth. It's, but there's a crossover there. You know, um, there there is there is a fuzzy line. You know, where they're intertwined. In fact, uh, you probably know this, uh, Reverend Carter. Um, the reason the Apollo program was actually the leftovers of Project Horizon, uh, Corso talked about this actually mm -hmm. in his book. And Project Horizon was going to establish a military base on the moon. And that's where all the original, the Werner von Braun and the Saturn rockets and all yeah. that stuff, that was all part of it. But that got scrapped, allegedly. And um, <laughs> yeah, Ooh, yeah, right. yeah, uh, allegedly. And, yeah. Uh, and the Apollo program resulted in that. So I don't know. I don't I know. know, what I, the I, I know. I, exactly. See, I'm the same way. And, and so you just have to kind of go with what resonates and, re, and research as much as you can. I mean, because I, I, I would not be surprised if we have a base on the moon. I would not be surprised. I wouldn't, I wouldn't either. either. No. Let's put it this way. Here's what I know. If we did have one there, they wouldn't tell us about it. Yes. Yes. And I just wonder, now this is not a deep thought I'm going to share with you, but we have on the space station, right? There's, there's an American, there's a Russian. Is there mm -hmm. another country? So we can get along in a in, 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 in a in a a little space station in a room that's probably bigger than my apartment in New York, but we can't get along down here. I I, I don't get that. <laughs> you know what I mean? We can work together way up there, but down here, and I'm not saying we don't have differences with countries, but it's like. Really? Well, it, but it's like what I said before. I think I can answer that because <laughs> individuals, you know, living together, we can usually get together and since we're facing each other and it's kind of hard to hide lie harder to hide lies and so forth. So you don't have a big media establishment uh, to, you know, to, to do so with um, that's easier. But when you get up into the annals of power and especially the secret, you know, the secret state, you know, the, the top secret, you know, classified state. All countries that have any sort of power have classifications and, you know, and state secrets because, you know, it's kind of a latent war. And, and as, as soon as you have that secrecy, then you have, um, you know, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, dishonesty, you know, it's, it's, it can, can breed. It's like mushrooms growing under a rock, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, listen. I'm, I, I got my big boy pants on. I mean, I know that governments lie, and that's how, you know, if you're the greatest country in the world, or you say you are, you think you are, how do you stay that way? Well, you, you, you by keeping other people from being the greatest country in the world. Yeah. And and right. it, you know, yeah, that's how you do it. So, I, but I, I but it's like uh, it's oversimplification. It's like when I used to go through uh, 
the 12 step program for codependency. But, and, uh, you know, you're as sick as your secrets. The same, yeah, it's, yeah. it's true for families, it's true for individuals, and it's that's true for great. nations. Yeah, <laughs> you're as sick as your secrets. Yeah, that's what I was taught in AA too. I yeah, went for man. the alcohol and drugs, but. Uh... See, yeah. this is the stuff we need to come out in the media, the mainstream media, you know, <laughs> talking about the people <laughs> who are the rulers, right? Yeah. Maybe our, our governments need a 12-step program. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. No, no, you're right. Grant, no, I, 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 hear you. I hear you. I do. I do. I hear what you were saying before. Uh, it, it's both in. I mean, we're responsible as well. But, yeah, some of our leaders are really off the rocker, man. <laughs> I mean, what I, I want to know is, uh, in the base on the moon, wouldn't it end once they like open a Starbucks? You let that capitalism in, <laughs> and the Russians and the Americans will be fighting. Or, yeah, you, know, you got you got bitcoins, and yeah, <laughs> you got a little stock market going on there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Street, you know, years ago there used to be a program that ran on the GT40 PDP11 uh, graphics thing. It was uh, the Lunar Lander, and I think there was a uh, popular versions that came out on PCs later. But there was a McDonald's on the moon, and oh, you landed, God. and the whole idea was to land, and then yeah. your little astronaut would come out. It was so cute, and this is in the 70s, and the astronaut would bounce and try to get to the McDonald's on the moon. That's how you won. Yeah, you see the golden arches, you know. Yeah, they, yeah, no, they had the arches. Yeah. Unbelievable. It was tiny, and, you know, but but it was recognizable. Unbelievable. They'll figure I, uh, out. Yeah. So here we are. Uh, I mean, what is this? This is this is Holy Week. Mm -hmm. This is Holy Week, right? This is it, and I think uh, yeah. What you're talking about? Well, Christians. People. It's Holy Week. Yeah, yeah, I think Passover was last weekend, and then I think, uh, well, Greek Orthodox, I think yeah. they have it. They'll have it another day, but uh, yeah, this is a big, big weekend. Yeah, going back to how people can handle it, because as you were talking, maybe people in the Abra Abrahamic faiths cannot. The whole idea of aliens just doesn't work, or extraterrestrials or visitors, but. When you couch it in the way of uh, Jesus is the biggest extraterrestrial you can, I know. In I think in in the Gnostic scriptures, it's, the Greek word is allogenes, the stranger, the alien, the foreigner. But as, as Jesus comes from like far in the stars, yeah. when you couch it that way, I think it makes perfect sense, and I think it's the only way to uh, save religion. I know we've talked about this earlier is to understand. I mean, I think of, for example, uh, I know people might not like it, but uh, Heaven's Gate was a movement that did a great job of fusing Christianity and ufology into one movement. The problem is they got into the whole death cult thing. And unfortunately, I think when religions start, they are very death cultish, like, uh, you know, the Christians and this is the end of the world and the Muslims going into war immediately. So I think but I think there is a way to create a new metaphysics. And even Vance would agree. Philip K. Dick did an excellent job in infusing ufology and Christianity. He saw himself as a Christian till he died, but he still believed in the whole star thing. New new biography on him just came. Well, a part of him uh, I, I read about it in the Guardian. It's oh, it's wow. kind of trashy. It sounds kind of. They're just talking about you know the. There are probably other but his relationships with women. Uh, so who knows? 
No, uh, but anyway, but I like him. Well, you, but you know what? I, I agree with you. You, you know, uh, Einstein said science without religion is lame and re religion without science is blind. Right. But you know what I think is at stake here, guys? And please jump in. I think it's the concept of God. Because in the West, we have been raised that A, God is the father, so God's a man. Right. But also that God, you know, it's naughty or nice. You know, if you're if you're if you're naughty, you're gonna go to hell. And if you're nice, I'm gonna bring you to heaven. And I'm not trying to be funny, I'm just saying that this is basically and so people don't know what to do with a God, in quotes. That's not anthropomorphic. Maybe it's an intelligence that you tap into. Uh, uh, maybe the God that we keep saying is out there, the Gnostics, it's about self-knowledge. That God out there is also me. So, so some people say, let's get rid of the word God. Uh, there's a lot of baggage with it. But I, you know, and then I hear people say, you know, God's an astronaut. And then I hear people say, I, I don't want my God to be an astronaut. But we make God in our own image. For me, part of growing up was saying there wasn't a God watching everything I did. Now, when I meditate, I try to tap into the energy of God or the universe, the multiverse, or when I pray. But it's not somebody with arms and legs and a torso. God, and, and I, I really do think that, that that's not only it, but a big part of that is how do I even imagine something or someone that's unimaginable, but how do I, where does God fit into the ancient astronaut theory? I mean, there are a couple of books by RLDO. They were written back in the 70s. Is God an, is God an astronaut? Mm -hmm. And so when people are so used to seeing this being as a man that gets angry, that fights, that loves, that whatever, it's like me, Instead of like like another human being, instead of where in the East, they may say God is non-being, or well, there is no God in that sense. In the West, that's a very difficult concept. To to it's like asking someone to throw everything away that they were raised with. No, Couldn't it's not more. easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, as uh, Carl Jung said. God is the most powerful part of our psyche, and some of us will create, uh, will project our own humanity onto them. But at the same time, I yeah. mean, if we're looking at Yahweh, Yahweh himself might be an ancient uh, astronaut who might or might not be that far removed from us, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, Yahweh was a god in the sense of, uh, he was, if we say he was an ancient astronaut, he certainly had anger management problems. He certainly, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, killing all the firstborn to prove a point. It I was mean, a long trip sound... on the ship through the yeah, galaxy. Yeah, yeah, he no, was just uh, tired. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I didn't get goes. a lot of sleep last night. I'm just <laughs> no I'm golden just rule for Yahweh. I got to yeah. create a new species. My God. Yeah. yeah. And everybody's got to be circumcised and you can't even marry. And I mean, I mean, this guy spends a lot of time on 
thinking about the genitalia, man. I mean, and, and, and I wanted, you know, I mean, listen, it's it's bad, so I don't want to offend people, but this is a, a person. It's hard for me to, okay, this is the book of Ezekiel, mm -hmm. chapter four. This is the Hebrew translation. He's telling Ezekiel to go. He has him deliver a message. He says, uh, he says, I want you to eat as a bar. For those of you who have the book in front of you, it's chapter four, verse 12. Eat it as a barley cake. You shall bake it on human excrement before their mm -hmm. eyes. So said the Lord, shall the people of Israel eat their bread unclean among the nations to which I will banish them. Ezekiel says, but my Lord God, my person was never defiled, nor have I eaten anything that died of itself or was torn by beasts from my youth until now. In other words, I kept kosher. So the Lord says, okay, I allow you to cow's dung instead of human excrement. Prepare your bread on that. Now, that doesn't sound like a guy. What a guy. You don't have to have human excrement. You, and this, I'm not making it up. This is here. And so my point being in all that, it's not to embarrass, but that doesn't seem like a guy or, or a God or a woman or whatever that I want to say a prayer to. And so this is in there. This is, you know, there, there are other places where throw the babies up against the rocks. And bust, you know, we, how, how can we, but there were people who will argue Michael, you're being picky. That is, that's just how, how God is. I had, someone told me, you want your God to be nice and warm and fuzzy. I'm like, no, I don't need that. But I, I can't worship a God that says throw a baby up against the wall, up against a rock. But my point is the resistance we get when we try to say, can we look at God a different way? Can we look at our religions a different way? And there you have it, my beloved True Seekers. The first part of our AB Live with the Reverend Michael Carter. Let's continue going inward, and let's continue going to the stars. Really one and the same. As above, so below, said Hermes. As mentioned, and as a bonus for AB Prime members and patrons at Patreon, I'll include our interview with Diana Pasulka author of the best-selling American Cosmic. Like Michael, she gets into the spiritual, union, social, political, and philosophical aspects of aliens and their shenanigans. Perfect compliment, and you won't want to miss it. Yes, heresy is really so much damn fun. Including the audio version, this is a cool listen if you leverage the private RSS feed from AB Prime or Patreon that works in the podcast provider of your choice. And yes, you can just get the full interview on YouTube or Facebook. But more and more listeners tell me you're leaving those domains. And just as many of you tell me you only like streaming or downloading audio shows. The internet's is just getting more fragmented, and many of you just want your content away from all the digital bullshit. So please become a member or patron for the full audio interview and the bonus, and to support this Red Bill Cafeteria. Go to 
the God above God that can for means to assist and get the infernal rewards. Or just contact me. Whether it's Patreon or AB Prime, it will cost you about a buck per episode, and that's a deal of many lifetimes. The alternative spirituality and philosophy of the Gnostics is more important than ever. Might be the only way to counteract the nutsack grip Yaldi Baldi has placed on the collective consciousness of humanity. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself. Your true self. Here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye, as always. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.